You're listening to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, it is. I am running on fumes here, Pac. I can hear man. that. Hey, you might lost have it. To take it over. <laughs> All right, Tom gets his uh, uh, voice right there. It's over. There it is. It's over. No, it's <laughs> All right, there it is. No, there it's it coming is. back. Uh, let's welcome in Steve Sipple, the Lincoln Journal star. Hi, Steve. How are you? <laughs> are you imitating my voice, or are you really hoarse? No, I'm uh, man. Uh, I am really hoarse. I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that voice otherwise. Uh, what I don't do you got? Know. What do you got? I don't know. I I've had COVID twice, so it's not that. And I've been vaccinated up the wazoo, so uh, <laughs> I'm all good. Uh, so you've so, got a little cold. I think it's a cold. I think it's just a cold. Uh, but I'll make it through. We've only got a half an hour left of the show. Okay. Well, I'm, thank you for pushing through. Oh <laughs> no, thank you for being you, uh, Steve. Uh, I want to I want to talk about this because that Monday presser made me think. You know, new ideas. Uh, and where they're going with the offense next year. Were there any clues left by Scott Frost on Monday about the future of the Nebraska offense? Uh, I don't um, – thinking back, I didn't, nothing popped in my head unless I missed something, yeah. which is always possible. Yeah. But I know nothing – Well – Nothing Nothing jumped out at me um, that was an obvious clue. Right. But uh, it feels like Scott Frost talked about, you know, not wanting to stray too far from what they have done. Yes. However, uh, he, he wanted fresh ideas. He did talk about that, which made me think, well, maybe it's not somebody inside the circle. What do you think? Oh, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I think, well, oh, I know. I mean, I, got, I always, you know, you got to choose my words carefully because I haven't reported everything. Um but I know they're open to fresh ideas. I, I know it for a fact. Um, now, it's the reason I didn't kind of I didn't kind of take what you suggested as a clue is because I've I've sort of expected all along, or I would hope, I guess, that whatever offensive coordinator they ultimately decide on has an offense that would fit the personnel. So in that sense. Tom, I don't think you'd want to stray too far from what you've been doing. You understand? Yeah. I mean, in fact, if I'm looking for an offensive coordinator, one of the top two or three questions I'm asking him is, okay, when you look at our video, um, do you see personnel that you can that you can make work in your system? So, no, I don't think you could stray too far because you have to make it work with the personnel on hand, understanding that that can be tweaked through the portal to a certain extent. But no, I don't think you could afford to stray too far. Did you find it kind of odd? I mean, I think, I think a lot of people saw a couple of the, the firings probably going, you know, writing on the wall for a few of those guys, but for all four of them in particular, the offensive coordinator Lubick was, was kind of a surprise to me. You know, the, the offense uh, is somewhat hamstrung by the offensive line and some of the problems that you have that, you know, when you talk about personnel, I know a lot of times we talk about the, you know, the wide receivers, running back, stuff like that, but a lot of it has to do with, you know, how, how long can you trust your, your quarterback to sit back there and, uh, you know, without taking a hit? Well, Bach, um, I mean, Lubick had the offensive coordinator tag, but it's always, I always kind of compare it to the Pelini situation. Scott is the coordinator. I mean, it's Scott's offense. Um, so 
I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think Matt was in position. Uh, you know, if you look at Matt's resume, I don't think he was in position really to say, "Hey, just make me the." You have the coordinator right here that can take over the offense and allow you to step back into this this uh, CEO role that they're talking about. I don't think Matt has that sort of background right now where he can mm-hmm. do that. Um, and so I think you've got to go look for someone that does have that doc. I understand what you're saying, but, hey, I mean, I look at it a little differently than a lot of people, I think. I look at it like Scott essentially fired himself as the OC. I mean, you know, or a more palatable way to put it is, he wants to take a different role within the program, back back off the day-to-day grind of putting together a game plan and deal with personnel issues and the play sheet during games um, and turn all, turn all that over. And the other part is, if you want fresher ideas, then you're going outside, you know, you, and Matt's inside, and it just didn't work out. And the other thing I've heard about Matt – I don't mind saying it publicly. I, it's possible, possible that Scott would have had to talk him back anyway um, into into coaching. You know, he had to talk him out of that sort of hiatus, and it might have been a situation where he would have had to talk him back anyway. I'm mean, in a sense, I don't even look at Lubick as a firing. Um, he might have had to talk him back. Steve Sippel, uh, go ahead, Buck. Yeah, Steve Sippel, of the Lincoln Journal Star, of course, joining us here on Tom and Buck, uh, discussing this, uh, you know, kind of the change that we've seen this offseason. I, I do want to, you know, it's kind of weird, um, the, the the whole scenario that we're in is that there is a game this week, and, you know, there's a lot of talk about 2022 and beyond, and, and the focus is, is kind of changed that way. Uh, how much pressure, I mean, do you think there's a possibility that, that, that you know, this move was partially made to kind of take the pressure off of these games and maybe Nebraska can play a little bit better without, you know, this kind of do or die feeling that would have been here, you know, with a lot of people saying, well, they got to at least get to five wins. This is ridiculous. Not a bad theory. Um, I haven't thought of that until right now. Um, I do. Yeah. In a sense, I think, yeah, you know, Bach, now that you mentioned it, it does, (laughs) that's a, that's a, that's a brighter, more optimistic view of the situation than I would have framed it up as. It, I, I really, it's the, the sort of scary thing and the, the unappealing conversation is that these games almost feel forgotten. Like, oh yeah, there's still two games to play. That's a horrible, horrible, awful sentiment. Um, not good at all for the kids. Um, and I'd never want to look at it that way, and I'd never write it that way. Um, but I've had people, I, I've had people, you know, suggest that. Does it feel like the season's over? And because so much of the conversation is about what we started with, staff changes, future um, relationship between AD and coach going forward, restructure, restructure concert, contract, et cetera. Oh, yeah, and there's this game against the number one defense in the country. Um, but now, the, the, now that you mention it, I guess in a, in a in a in a way it does take pressure off. We're not talking about Adrian Martinez, um, you know. We're not we're not focusing on the tackles at Nebraska and the the huge job they have. So yeah, Bach, 
that's a good way to put it. I do think this situation has taken some pressure off the guys. If you're if you're game planning for this week to beat Wisconsin, how how do you think you you approach it? Are you are you um, you know, because without JoJo Doman, I think on the defensive side of the ball, it kind of is what it is. But offensively, you know, with all your new assistants, uh, Wisconsin has one of the top defenses in the nation. Do you think that, I mean, they've kind of approached games so, you know, in the past against, you know, better opponents as, you know, let's ball control and make sure to keep the ball out of their hand. But, you know, Wisconsin does that themselves. So how do you how do you approach this, do you think? Yeah, Spock, I'm terrible with football strategy. I'm better when I think about how am I going to get this uh, coach to talk or yeah. how are we going to report this offensive coordinator thing. I'm really bad strategically. Um, I mean, I know what I've seen from Wisconsin because I've seen them three times. I've, I've seen three full games. And the challenge offensively, as I see it, is for Adrian to really be mindful of, of this. They can get home with four rushers. You don't, you don't always know where number four is coming from either. Um, usually a linebacker, and they might send a guy from the outside, might loop him in inside. But here's the key, Bach. They're getting home with four. They don't need to bring five, okay? Um, they don't need to bring six. They bring four and sometimes three and get home, okay? Now, why, why do I raise that? Because think about it, Adrian's had some issues um, with turnovers, four interceptions against Purdue. Wisconsin's dropping seven and eight back in the coverage. Um, that's and and with pressure on him, you you see what I'm getting at. I think this game could be close, but the way it could get out of hand could be like it happened against Purdue. If you happen to see that game. It was 30 to 13. And it was because Purdue turned it over five times. And, you know, otherwise it was very, <laughs> otherwise it was very manageable for <laughs> Purdue. But if Adrian turns it over three times, that's how the score could get out of control. And uh, before we get to basketball, I don't know if you've released your pick yet or anything like that, but uh, I mean, how do you see this game going uh, on Saturday? The basketball game for Nebraska? No, the, the, the Wisconsin football game. We'll get to basketball oh, in a second. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's close. But but what I just said is what's on my mind the most, and that's Wisconsin pass rush coupled with the way they defend the passing game, which is they do it really well. Um, in that, they can drop guys, and that that's, can create problems. I see there's a close game, though, Bach, but here's why. Because I don't think Wisconsin can get much going offensively against Nebraska. I really don't. I like Braylon Allen. I respect the 17-year-old kid and what he's done. But Nebraska's seen better running backs and held them down. Um, I don't. I just think it's going to be extremely low scoring. Like I could see Wisconsin. I. I mean, I'd have to pick Wisconsin um, close. I haven't put a score out there. I'd be inclined to say something like 17 to 10. Close. Close game. Down to the wire. Yeah, I, I can kind of see that happening too, and it, it's just kind of—it's just strange where we are. Like you said, somewhat of a forgotten game, top fifteen opponent, seven-year rival. I mean, all these things going into it, and it just doesn't seem like there's too much buildup. But there's—but I still think it'll be a good game. I completely, a hundred percent agree. It's a very, very strange scenario that we're in. Um, but I, hey, I'd be really, really, really surprised if that game's a—it's if it's one-sided. 
Uh, still talking with Steve Simple, the Lincoln Journal star. Let's jump to basketball. Of course, last night, uh, speaking of droughts, Nebraska now 10 out of 11 losses uh, to Creighton, and Creighton just looks like a well-oiled machine despite having to reload. Nebraska not quite looking like that. Uh, how much of that do you think is uh, somewhat of a, a point guard uh, problem right now where they have, you know, it, they still have Verge kind of adjusting to his no, new role? Well, that's a huge factor in that game. And in fact, it, that was a huge matchup um, the, or a huge storyline, the point, the respective point guards. And I think the difference in the game is the, the point guard play Creighton got compared to Nebraska's. Now, it gets complicated, though, Bach, as a lot of sports conversations do. There's no way it would be fair to put that loss on Alonzo Verge or Nebraska's struggles on Alonzo Verge because – as I wrote in a column that I think is up on the Journal Star now, Fred, Fred, in a very short time this season, has a lot of headaches on that. They, they have a lot of issues. And point guard's probably number one. Um, but, that's, but I think you can make it work with Verge. It's just going to take, as Fred addressed after the game, it's going to take a change in mindset on Verge's part got to go from a scores mentality to more of a point guard mentality which i i i don't know i mean there's a, the human humans are complicated that's not it's easier said than done we'll see on all that but i think just as a, maybe as big an issue to me and i didn't really write it this way and i, I wish i would have um the, the the inside presence for nebraska is just not it's not there i mean they got out rebounded again uh, by 14, 50, 36 last night, and we're not even talking about it. And I think the reason we're not talking about it is because I think any time Nebraska plays a formidable team now, we just expect Nebraska to get out-rebounded. Um, and that's that's not Bach. That is okay against some non-conference opponents, some, but it hardly will ever work in the Big Ten. And I, I have contended since Fred took the job that my concern is his sort of oh, indifference toward the paint and having a guy that, you know, Bach, you, you've watched his hoops for a long time. Nebraska, they're kind of known for scoring droughts. Yeah. Well, you know, one sure way to, to avoid those is to have a seven-footer you can feed it to who's good with his back to the basket and can get you easy baskets during those droughts. They're all over the Big Ten. Those guys are all over. Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, E.J. Liddell, Kofi Coburn, um, uh, Zach Eady, Trayvon Williams. They're all over it, but Nebraska doesn't have that. They don't have a guy that you can say, go to him, get us a basket, stop this drought. And I think that, that, that when you have a team that relies so much on outside shooting, that, that can really be helpful. Yeah, that that would really be helpful. Maybe Nebraska. You know, they got a lot of these young younger guys um, still learning the game of basketball, still getting better. Do you, do you see uh, a lot of potential? I know a lot of people wouldn't throw the season out three games in, but do you see at least potential for this group with last night some of the role players stepping up? Uh, in and you know maybe if they, you can get those role players hot the same night that you get you know McGowan's and Verge going, uh, you you could really have something here long term. Oh yeah, there's well couple things Bach number one there's no way that you give up on this season at one and two that's silly I mean and I know you're not but anybody that I'm I'm sort of shocked by some of the people I hear from they're one and two they're three games in yeah it's it's he has Fred's got some headaches but that's why 
coaches get paid to address them. And, and there's some things he can probably tweak to, to make it look a little bit better. Now, the one thing I take issue with Bach is they're not a young team. I don't, I don't think they're not young. I mean, they have, they're new. I mean, it's kind of a new team, but, but, you know, their point guard Verge is a 23 year old guy. I mean, Lat Mayan is in his last year of college basketball, probably. Um, Trey McGowan's God bless him. He's hurt and, it, and it's terrible, but he's probably in his last year of college basketball as a junior. Um, Derek Walker's not a young guy. I mean, he's in his fourth year, fifth year of college basketball. Um, they're not young. That's the thing. They're, they, they have some young players and they, they have some new players, but the way college basketball is now, you kind of think that they're young because you haven't seen a lot of these guys, but a lot of these guys are not, Hey, Bach roster's going to turn over again to a large degree next year. Oh, yeah, that happens in college basketball, like you said, all the time. Very insightful stuff from uh, a Husker Extra Sip there on Twitter. Steve Sipple of the Lincoln Journal-Star and, of course, of, of early break here on 93.7 The Ticket. Thanks for thanks for your time today, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Well, th- yeah, thank you for having me, Tom. I hope you get better. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. Take it easy. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll take it easy. Uh, no, he thought I was doing an impression of him <laughs> yeah. uh, early. Now it's gotten much worse than even that impression. I mean, I don't even know what it sounds like at this point. <laughs> I it's, don't know. Yeah. Now you wish you sounded like the Simpson ah, sisters. That's right. uh, you don't quite have oh, it. Man. You said you're going to make it to the end of the show. We are limping to the finish line. <laughs> uh, we we'll do that. We'll have the pregame coming up next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch.